You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome officially to Spooktober. I am one half of your host, Danny Fernandez. And sitting across from me, as always, is Iffy. How's everybody doing? Iffy Wadiway. Are you introducing me to SNL? (laughs) (laughs) And your host, Jacob Marley. (laughs) Uh, This is Nerdificent. It is Spooktober. We are, it's our happiest time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year because uh, we have jam-packed Halloween-based episodes for all of you horror babies, which Iffy is now an honorary horror baby because he was forced to uh, now that he has to watch horror movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Who Shot You has put me through two so far, which has both been scary stories to tell in the dark and It Chapter 2, which, you know... you. All had their spooks. The Paul Bunyan really got me. Wow. That one, because the teeth were real creepy. Oh, I love it. They got to get you some real scary, real scary ones. You should Mm. come over and do that. Uh, Sitting with us today is filmmaker, pop culture journalist, and our good friend, Sabina Graves. Hey, everyone. I'm excited to be here for Spooktober. You are a, a very horror baby. Yes, I'm a, I'm a very horror baby. I like to joke that because I was born in June, I was made during Spooktober. Wow. You know? You know, kudos for doing the math. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you you write a lot about horror for a lot of your pop culture stuff. Um, what is your favorite scary movie? Oh my gosh, that's like the, the well, right now. Difficult. Right now my most favorite scary movie, uh, The Witch. Yeah. The witch. Yes. Ooh, so good. If you have not seen that, have you? No. Nope. I think you can hang with it. Uh, Sabina, we've been starting our podcast with what people are geeking out about. What are you geeking out about this week? I'm actually geeking out about Hades Town. It's a Broadway musical that uh, is supremely 100% my jam. It's basically a retelling of the Orpheus and Eurydice myth. Uh, if it was like the post apocalyptic Dust Bowl. And it's a very awesomely diverse cast. Andre DeShields plays Hermes. 
you've known him from The Wiz and uh, Reeve Carney uh, is the lead in that. He plays uh, Orpheus and it's Ooh. pretty awesome. Music is amazing. It was originally a concept album um, by Ennis, uh, I forget her last name, Mitchell. Yes, Ennis Mitchell. And uh, it like took years and years for it to like, uh, you know, be developed into a musical. And it actually is the only Broadway musical right now that has a female director. And she won the Tony. Damn. Yeah. Also, that's kind of sad. Yeah. Oh, she called it out when she won. Oh, OK, good. Yeah. I love when they do that. Uh, Ify, what are you geeking out about? Oh, man. Well, you know, it's uh, October 1st and last weekend was TwitchCon. So I'm surprised still recovering reeling from all the fun meeting all the people in my community Mm -hmm. uh you know nerd fam salt squad uh all alike who came down to san diego to turn up and meeting other creators so that's what i'm geeking out about uh you know definitely look forward to any recaps that i may be posting or talking about but yeah real stoked uh fresh doc finale went down without a hitch i'm sure of it and now it's, uh, you know, now it's time to see what's next. Going to a haunted house no. with me. Well, yeah, go. yeah, I do. Because I, I did see you, uh, you know, Chris and Arise go, and I was like, oh, didn't even want to ask a play. Nope, <laughs> did not ask you, because yeah, I've a, asked you every year. Oh, well, you always ask me before my body marinates and gets ready <laughs> to be scared, you know? Like, no, I needed to be October to fully let the scary juices get inside me, you know what I'm Okay, talking? but the free tickets are for September, <laughs> Iffy, so. <laughs> I'm sorry, you gotta wait for the scary juices. Um, the thing that I'm geeking out about is I got to do a storyboard animation class at Six Point Harness, which is an animation studio. You will recognize their work. They did Hair Love, which was the short that was before, uh, that was directed by Matthew Cherry. That was the short that was before Angry Birds uh, 2. Uh, they also have done animation for Cartoon Network, Powerpuff Girls, uh, Peanuts. It's super dope. And, and uh, they had a lot of cool directors come in. They had a lot of cool directors come in, and one of them was Matt Danner, who is the director for Muppet Babies. He is also the voice of Little Kermit. <gasps> it was so cute, and he sounds just like him. Um, and they had a lot of cool, a lot of cool people there. Noel Raphael, who is a, uh, she was a storyboard artist, now a director. Um, who has gotten to work on amazing things. And Mario Diana, uh, who is the director for uh, Bob's Burgers and also working on other things. And so it was really cool. It was so dope. Uh, I'm not an animator or I'm <laughs> like everybody could draw a lot better than me, but I, I would more just wanted to see the storyboard process as a writer and someone that's going into animation. And so really, really cool. Check out their work. They also do, you know, these workshops for free. I think like 150 people applied. They only, they had spots for 30. So I was really honored to be in there. Uh, but follow them on Instagram so that you can pop in. And if it's something that you're interested in, in breaking into, they are a great resource. So that's what I'm geeking out about. Today we are talking about the Haunted Mansion. That music is so iconic. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's just... I actually have... I know you and I have talked about this. Um, I have a party version that I want to play. This is on Spotify. It's under spooky, spooky, scary skeletons. Yes. <laughs> this is me and my. This is me when I'm getting ready, like in my kitchen. Um, that makes it sound like I get changed in my kitchen. <laughs> I meant like when I'm getting ready for my morning. Um, Sabina, what is your first memory of the haunted mansion? 
at Disneyland uh, or Disney World? Disneyland for sure. I grew up in LA, so kind of like going to Disneyland every year was a big thing. And honestly, the growing up, I just know that I was scared and I had like my my face covered with my eye, like face covered with my eyes. <laughs> I had my face covered with my hands and trying to like peek through. And it was definitely like a a gradual love uh, as I got older with Haunted Mansion. So definitely like scared you know like honestly starting out scared but then like once hitting the graveyard you know and having all the ghosts come out and being silly and fun getting comfortable and loving it and being uh just completely in love (laughs) (laughs) what about you if because you are a former cast member yeah yeah so you know same way i grew up in la same thing was a little scary when i was younger but yeah as especially when i was in cast member uh the cast member years when I was going to Disneyland almost once a day, Haunted Mansion was like a half, like I had to hit it once a day. It's just such a fun, especially it's from an era of Disney, uh, Disneyland rides that are like super immersive, like Pirates of the Caribbean. If you look at Peter Pan, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, like those are dark rides that kind of take you in this world and you kind of escape and the Imagineers just kind of went all out, you know, and it was what was real creepy, even though I think they toned it down now, was that room with the lady who cut all her husband's head mm-hmm. off. Like yeah. that one was very scary. <laughs> and and uh but and that was that's my big argument that I'm gonna just go ahead off the top, just start, is the fact that I do not like that they switch over to the nightmare before Christmas. Uh, because Nightmare Before Christmas is not scary. It's very fun. <laughs> also, it's Christmas. It's a Christmas theme. We're in Halloween. But that's why I they agree. keep it. But they keep it up until Christmas. After they keep it till New Year's. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's 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 silly. But the reason they do it is because the ride has to be down for almost two weeks to do the transition. So if you think of that, if you think of it that way, there's really no way to transition because. Uh, especially Disney right after Halloween fully starts to pivot into their holiday stuff. So they have, it's the trade-off where they're just trying to beg us to uh, accept (laughs) it Uh, because I've sat down with another like Disney head and we like talked about how we both think it's lame. But then I think it was with uh, the podcast, the ride because uh, we were talking about, and I was talking about how I hated it. And then we, did uh, once we, once we did get to the fact that like it has to be down for two weeks, it's like, do you take the two weeks that would uh, have it be before you know um, be be essentially block out Halloween? No, you don't want to do that. Or do you take it the first two weeks of November? Which no, you don't want to do it, even though I think you should. I um, agree. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm of that camp. Yeah, you don't need the first two weeks of November. But I mean, in a perfect world, if the changeover was could be quicker i would love it if you had it happen the night of of um halloween because since the movie starts right. the night of halloween like that would be fun but that's just impossible just because they have to add so much stuff yeah i uh yeah i guess i'm in a different camp i love it and also Hate i it. mean <laughs> you've made that apparent um <laughs> what i will say is that yeah it's not it's not scary, and the Haunted Mansion ride itself, I would say, isn't unless you are a young person. I can see someone around the age of like five or six. You know, was, they're they're starting at twelve, Danny. Okay, that well. door. The when you know when you're because, and Let I think out. this is why, mm-hmm. um, because you know how some. So if you don't know how the Haunted Mansion ride works, it's in constant motion. 
It's a v- conveyor belt throughout the, the Omni whole mover. The Omni mover. So if you have these people who are not paying attention and they're not getting in the Omni mover at the speed, they have to stop it. And they really do not want to do this because <laughs> it stops the whole ride. But you will always get, you know, sometimes people have, you know, a disability or, you know, it may be like an old person who can't because it does move. It, it moves at a pace. It, de- it definitely isn't like the slowest, but it's, it'll stop. And I remember as a kid being stuck in front of one of the scarier doorknobs mm-hmm. and just, I was so sure that door was going to open. I was so, I think I <laughs> had to be like eight or nine. And I was like, this is how I die. I, I've definitely gotten, I get stuck every time I go there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so let's just hop right into it. Uh, you, they're right about it being a conveyor belt. You get into a doom buggy. That closes on its own, uh, and the 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 haunted manor itself has nine hundred ninety nine happy haunts, but there's always room for one more. I'm way too excited about this episode. Uh, so the idea for the mansion uh, actually precedes Disneyland and WED Enterprises to when Walt Disney hired the first of his Imagineers, as if he was saying, uh, those were essentially like research and development people that were were looking into the creation design and construction of the Disney parks. So Disney assigned Imagineer Ken Anderson to create a story using uh, Disney legend Harper Joff's idea, which was to build a New Orleans-themed land Mm -hmm. in a small transition area between Frontierland and Adventureland. Uh, And so New Orleans also has uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. And this... Old antebellum manor overgrown with weeds, dead trees. You walk through a cemetery. Yeah, originally uh, it had always been in different points of development since before Disneyland. And um, Walt had basically so many hands touched this project, honestly. Um, They were thinking that it would be at one point a museum of the weird where you'd go into the mansion and there'd be like alternate routes that you could exit through but you'd be going in and experiencing just like a haunted house walkthrough and you'd encounter like scary optical illusions or just crazy designs that uh all of like the different team members had planned out and this was while walt was still alive I guess let's just go through the actual mansion. So you get in um, and we have the elevator, which (laughs) if you're a small child or I guess maybe iffy, maybe you didn't know. I think like, you know, you have the growing portraits. Yeah. The the famed growing portraits. um, And that is actually an elevator that's taking you below. That's what, you know, below the actual park. So so all of the Haunted Mansion is actually underground. Underground and like to the side. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, no, like after the whole Museum of the Weird thing, it kind of uh, turned into a like uh, they brought in different Imagineers who kind of decided to go a more uh, just dark ride um, angle for it. And, you know, you have like the stretching portraits they brought in, Exitencio, who is Latinx, uh, mm-hmm. which is really awesome. You know, like one of the early Latinx Imagineers over at Disney, he worked on. Pirates of the Caribbean. He was the lyricist and the scriptwriter for that. And then he was also brought on board to write the story for the Haunted Mansion. So he, all of his like dialogue is the first stuff that we hear when we go in and meet the ghost host. Like, welcome, foolish mortals. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk about the, um, 
some of the stories in the mansion. So are there any particular ones behind the growing, the people in the growing um, portraits? So they are all like different characters that were sort of invented as a part of like the mythology. Uh, There was never a like coherent story to begin with um, just because of all those different like evolutions. And um, definitely it's one of the reasons why it's such an intriguing place because you go in and there's like, you know, Sally Stiltwalker and like – Who's like the tightrope lady? Mm-hmm. I think Stiltwalker? Yeah. Sally something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if, in my head, I'm like Stiltwalker. Um, you also have, you know, like the, you have, well, you have Constance. So mm-hmm. you see her as an older woman on the gravestone of her husband, and she's the bride. So she is still pretty much incorporated throughout yeah. the whole ride itself. Um, and basically, when you're in there, you have this, you know, mansion of different spirits some good some maybe a little malevolent um and you encounter you know the hatbox ghost who is a recent addition Mm -hmm. even though um hasn't he been around he was originally on the ride for a short while but i guess that people weren't happy with like the effect back then didn't uh work as well as you know now we're able to do it um with his disappearing head but yeah, no, but but since then, like he was always a part of like a lot of the marketing uh, sort of advertisements and uh, became like this cult legend um, who finally has found his place back in. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of people making their place and making their place not back in, uh, I don't know if you have the crow, the little crow uh, around there. If you're on the ride, you'll see like a little crow uh, at different portions different parts, yeah. of the of the ride. Originally, that was supposed to be the narrator, and then that was scrapped. And they're like, "No, talking crow." <laughs> um, there's also one thing I always have to mention as an ex cast member. It's imperative that I mention this one because you were talking about how this was done where, where when Walt was still alive. Walt Disney has only ever stepped foot in Disneyland, which means Disneyland is the only park with Walt's spirit inside it. <laughs> Walt passed away before Disney World was created. So as, 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 as although it may be bigger and have all the different parks... It doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel, it doesn't the, feel same. the same. It doesn't have a spirit inside of it. I know that because I, my friend was in the Disney College program. He was a cast member at... And cast member, by the way, if you don't know, is anyone that works at, at the Disney parks. Yes. Um, they're called cast members. And um, he was at Disney World. I can't say what he did. I'll have to tell you off the thing because I don't want to get him in trouble. Because uh, he's one of the characters, but he finally he worked at Disney World, and I'm like, dude, you have to go to Disneyland. I love Disneyland. There's just something like extra magical about it. And he went and he was like, I see what you mean. I think it's because all of the care that was put into it. Like, I love Disney World. Disneyland is like the originals. You know, it's mm-hmm. like the these were not replicas. Like this was the original rides. This was the like the, the down to like the little painting details in in the rides. It's just so yeah. It has like a more quaint, f- familial magic to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although speaking of like a, a really eerie coincidence that kind of does give Disney World a little bit of Disneyland's heart is that the Haunted Mansion at Disney World was built at the same time as the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. Mm. Yeah, like they kind of have like those little 
Well, the twin D- souls. Yeah, Disney is real, uh, real into that. Uh, yeah, which is why there's a ride that's just sitting waiting for Galaxy's Edge because they want to make sure that Disney World gets it first. Because <laughs> it'd be a shame if Disneyland had something before mm-hmm. Disney World, and everything has to be equal. Um, <laughs> Disney, as as if you, uh, as a cast member, Disney really does put sometimes almost too much thought into everything they do. They're very into the immersion of the idea. You're uh, as a cast member, as a former cast member, you're not able to discuss like things that are going on outside of the park. Like I remember I was working during the Super Bowl and they were like, you are to not give any scores. You can't (laughs) can't give any scores. You can't ask for scores because they, and that's why like, if you notice certain portions of the park, there'll be fake sky it's because Walt never wanted you to mm-hmm. see outside of right. the park. Uh, he wanted you to be fully immersed in Disneyland. And 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 that's why, like, you know, and um, something that was really pushed on us as cast members. And once you, you – when you work there, you f- you feel the magic. You, you, it's not yes. like it's forced. But it's the idea of a magical moment. You can create a magical moment for a kid or a family just by doing something sweet that you're trying to create moments that they will remember forever. And that's how you interact. It. So that's why anytime you see these people going viral, you know, online of like, oh, they did this is like that's 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 part of, that's you know it's not to diminish it in any way but that's part of the job is you're looking for those moments um and when and if you do see something do not ask uh who is the like don't say what's the actress that plays xyz say who is the friend of that yes because that is the <laughs> way cuz like you know like Danny said the guess if you are it's like you don't Play Cinderella. You're Cinderella's friend. You're a friend of Cinderella. Mm-hmm. You're a friend of Belle. That's You're like friend. the Santa, the mall Santas. Mm-hmm. So th- this is kind of cool. Two of the mansion's main designers, Mark Davis and Claude Coates, disagreed on whether the ride should be frightening or enjoyable. <laughs> um, Claude originally was a background artist, wanted a scary adventure, and produced renditions of moody surroundings like endless hallways, corridors of doors, and numerous characterless environments. This is also fascinating because it says that Walt Disney actually visited um, the Winchester Mystery House in yeah. San Jose, California. And that inspired him for sure because he never wanted the mansion to be like scary and decrepit on the outside. He was like, he loved the aesthetic of like the Winchester Mystery House being like pristine and gorgeous, but. Once you go into the haunted mansion, it's the ghosts that kind of take care of like. Yeah. yeah. And just for anyone that doesn't know, the Winchester Mystery House has a bunch of like stairs that lead to nowhere, doors that open to walls. It's we should go iffy. I actually have never <laughs> been there for I was in a pilot for Fangoria where we had to spend the night at haunted places. And that was the next place that we were going to spend the night. Uh, at. That would have been so amazing. well, we'll hit them up for this podcast. <laughs> uh, we'll get it sponsored by the Winchester Mystery House. Um, and so they kind of both got their wish. Of having it, you know, be silly and full of gags, but also areas that it's super dark. The ride narration was performed by Paul Fries in the role of our ghost host. Uh, and the traction's theme song is Grim Grinning Ghost, which was composed by Buddy Baker with the lyrics, as Sabina said, by Exitensio. Yes. And uh, one of the cool things I read about uh, Exitensio is that he was saying that, like, in the midst of everyone kind of like being like, it should be scarier, it should be funnier. um, He kind of like helped everyone get reeled back in because at the end of the day, you know, this is all happening as, you know, Walt was starting to get sick. And um, 
you know, Walt's whole thing with it is that he wanted it to be inviting, you know, and something that could be inviting can also still be spooky and fun, you know, and and I like how it kind of even harkens to, you know, what we love about Coco that came out recently is that like ghosts and like life in all of its forms uh, can be something to not be afraid of and to kind mm-hmm. of like accept and, you know, be a part of the swinging wake. Ify, um, I know you're not going to want to hear this, but the first time that I played with a Ouija board was for that pilot. Yeah. <laughs> we spent the night at Bob Baker's Marionette Theater. Oof. I can't remember if I told you this, but we, Jamie Loftus, myself, and uh, a couple of other hosts, we used a Ouija board. And I sw- like, none of us were, mo- like, we would not be able to have been answered these questions. It, it was yeah. like, we were like, what's your favorite puppet? And it would like name something that we didn't even know. Um, but... Uh, one of the things that uh, when we asked it, like how about the afterlife and it just seemed like cool, like everyone was hanging out in the afterlife. So anyway, yeah. I just wanted to tell you that um, story if you ever want to. <laughs> I've messed her. I've messed her. And that's what the Haunted Mansion much. is. It's like everyone's just hanging out. Hanging out having <laughs> fun. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so uh, before the opening, this is actually real cool to see. They had employee previews of the mansion on August 6th, 7th and 8th followed by the soft openings uh, on the 9th and 10th, uh, where a limited number of park guests were allowed to ride. Uh, And then a midnight press event was held on the evening of the 11th. And the reason that this is kind of cool is because that's something they do till this day. When they did the Star Tours redesign, I was able to uh, go on a cast member only, Mm -hmm. you know, night and try it. So it seems like it's just a tradition held uh, as old as time. Uh, But the mansion... Open to all guests on August 12th, 1969. So, uh, oh my gosh, we almost, it, it was the, we, we passed the anniversary. It was yeah, what? it's 50 years this year. Yeah, yeah 50 years mm-hmm. this year. Uh-huh, they're celebrating it all year. Oh, wow, that's wild. Which, speaking of, you know, we mentioned earlier the Haunted Mansion holiday, the gingerbread house uh, that they do every year in, in the dining room scene this year is actually the Haunted Mansion for the 50th birthday. Just really, oh, really the gingerbread cute. house is yes. as yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. So when they flip it over to holiday times, uh, they also have like it smells like gingerbread <laughs> yeah. in that area. Oh, okay. we do have to go to Disney because last time I went was this time last year, and they have all they have so many different Halloween flavored churros. They're they so had, good. I had the pumpkin spice, which was solid. They have a sour apple, solid. Whew. Okay. They. <laughs> One of my favorite people in there is Madame Leota. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about her, Sabina? Madame Leota is everything. <laughs> Does she have a story behind her her placement there? They had like all these different elements, and definitely she was one of those things that you know they you have to have the psychic in there, and like having her be a disembodied head is amazing. And um, I think it was the voice of Maleficent, right? Who does the voice of Leota? Oh, really? That's super cool. She also appears, I think, in other areas of the mansion. There's a tomb. There's a uh, tombstone of her. Yeah, that says, "Dear sweet Leota, beloved by all in regions beyond now, but having a ball." <laughs> uh, yeah. So her head appears. I always thought that was really super cool in that like seance scene. What is some of your favorite parts of the of the mansion? Some of my favorite parts of the mansion, um, I would definitely have to say that the ballroom scene is one of my favorites. I, I like 
I, to this day, I avoid watching those like behind the scenes videos that tells you Why? how like the magic happens. I don't want to break that illusion, even though I like I vaguely like sort of know the whole, like Pepper's Ghost stuff. Um, yeah, I just. But I it's think so cool. It's so cool. Like the dueling. The dueling, yeah, mm-hmm. ghosts. The dueling ghosts. And it also, like, during Hello- during the Christmas switchover for Nightmare, it has my favorite room of all time, which is the floating book room. It's, like, off to the corner, to, like, the left corner. Um, so between the organist and the dining room table, they open up a curtain and you see floating books. Mm-hmm. And it kind of looks like a Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I just, I loved that, like, visual. It's definitely my favorite. What about you? Um, you know, as a dog person, I always love the the graveyard digger uh, and his dog. I also always get stuck there for some reason. <laughs> so I love that. I love that area. What else? I love the singing ghosts. Mm-hmm. I love the um, actually I do love the changing portraits. So you go in, you see the stretch, you're in the stretching room. You have your, your host ghost that talks to you. Uh, there is, this is a little dark. There's a hanging that has taken place. Oh, yeah. He has hung themselves. Oh, yeah. Um, and you hear a scream and a crash. And then you're let out of the elevator. Before you get to your doom buggy, you encounter six changing portraits one is april december it's a young lady april who morphs into a decrepit old woman december the next is the flying dutchman it's a clipper ship which becomes a ghost ship with tattered sails on a stormy sea medusa who's one of my favorites my mom actually went as her for halloween i'll have to send it uh you a picture of it morphing from a young woman into a stony gorgon Uh, The Black Prince, which is a knight on horseback named on concept art as the Black Prince, where both horse and the rider morph into glowing skeletons. The Weird Cat Lady is my favorite. It's a beautiful woman reclining on a sofa, and then she transforms into a panther. Or after the renovation, it was like a white tiger. Uh, And then the aging man, a handsome nobleman who flashes into a skeleton in a rotting suit. So those are, are, I really think those are cool. The um, bus stones, though, the bus oh, yeah. of the singing ghosts are, are some of my favorites. Yeah, I was the, the singing ghost is great. But I was even thinking back to um, when you first arrive out of the elevator and you have that one uh, bus that mm-hmm. follows you. Mm-hmm. Like those were like the fun illusions. And then the ones of like there's the paintings and then the lightning will strike and then it is a dark version of the painting so though that's always super i spend way too much time looking at that anytime i go in even though i've seen it a million times yeah so they have an homage to those singing busts in hercules during (laughs) i won't say i'm in love um the five muses appear as the bus oh yeah Mm -hmm. uh and then one of them is broken uh uncle theodore is the broken one there was originally planned to be a six female singing bust aunt lucretia i think but this was never used, although it should be. It should be. Let's add it in. I'm like not opposed to them making changes, honestly. Yeah, but they're. Uh, 
I mean, they added in the hatbox ghost once that effect was like actually possible. Mm. And at a panel this like past summer, Midsummer Scream, you know, they're kind of saying that they want to take on the tradition of every year after Haunted Mansion holiday, adding something different to the mansion itself and kind of trying to ease fans into like sort of effects and things that are beloved being changed and updated uh, to allow for new technology to make it even more like crazy awesome. And they basically like dropped hints that Madame Leota would be done a lot better mm-hmm. with new technology than Ooh. with the technology that they're, they're showing. I think using. she looks cool. I, I like how she looks for yeah, sure. But maybe because I remember great. her from the old one. Like I just mm-hmm. remember, you know, I've been around long enough also growing up in Southern California that I, I remember these things before they were how they are now. I'm very fascinated to hear more about our famous bride at the Haunted Mansion, but we have to take a really quick break. We'll hop back into that right after this. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. iHeart Podcast Awards 2023 Podcast of the Year, Las Culturistas, with SNL's Bowen Yang and comedian Matt Rogers. There's stuff happening in 2024 that we really need to address. Pop culture and huge guests like the latest episode with Dua Lipa. The more I think about it, the more scared and nervous I get. Listen to the newest episode of Las Culturistas with Dua Lipa and all episodes on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Las Culturistas to start listening. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame starting May 7th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we are back, and our bleeding heart bride, Constance Hatchaway, can you tell the audience a little bit about her? Yeah, so one of the things a lot of people don't notice when they're on the ride is that every portrait that you pass on the way to her in the attic scene, she is with a different husband. Oh. And... (laughs) a new strand of pearls appears around her neck. That's so cool. So it's like seven necklaces, basically. I thought she was a jilted... Wasn't, wasn't she a jilted lover? Like, wasn't she left... I thought that's what happened to her, that she so was left the So that's the Phantom altar. Manor. So in France, uh, which actually sees what I was saying. So like... So earlier we were talking about like Leota and I was like trying to figure out like what her backstory was. But literally recently, like between a backstory I've created for ideas I have, but also just in general... 
a lot of the Haunted Mansion characters that were just thrown in, you know, like when it was a big yeah. mishmash of everyone kind of adding characters, they all have a lot of backstories that are currently being expanded through books and comic books and like a lot of um, RPGing components on like the Disney Play app. And um, so Leota and like Constance and Sally the Stiltwalker, um, they all now have stories that you can kind of like dive into. And it's really cool because... Um, if you go back to uh, Phantom Manor, uh, before the recent redo of that storyline, she was a jilted bride. And mm-hmm. this is a Phantom Manor in France, uh, Disneyland, Paris. Um, she <laughs> she was a jilted bride whose father, I believe, goes on a revenge spree because she gets left at the altar. Or it's that her father, like there's like a, like they leaned into the horror for Mm -hmm. sure with that one because France did not get doing both scary and funny. (laughs) So they were like, no, it has to be a scary thing. And basically, I think the storyline for that one was that she uh, thinks she gets left at the altar, but her father murders her husband and it's her just like waiting and mourning and just like becoming old and it's one of the rides that I wish I had gone on before the refurb but in the new story for Phantom Manor it kind of has this idea that kind of makes the bride evil again I would say so she and her father I guess team up to like con men out of their Mm -hmm. fortunes um and yeah, they just added a new bride animatronic. So they updated her similarly to the bride that you remember with like the heart. Yeah. Um, and she's now like different and it, it's a, uh, it, it should be like really interesting. Like there's like now a whole book about the Phantom Manor because it, that one has a lot of history that also went into it. Yeah. It says that she married several rich men, including bankers, businessmen, farmers and barons. And she was dubbed by the public the Black Widow Bride. So her husbands were Ambrose Harper. Gosh, these names. Uh, (laughs) The naive but good-intentioned son of successful farmers they married in 1869. Her next husband was Frank Banks. I love that they're just named after. Frank Banks here, baby, and I own Banks. (laughs) An Eastern banker and community pillar married in 1872. Oh, she's not taking any time. Mm -mm. 69 to 72, that's, that's no time at all. Uh, the Marquis de Doom, a foreign diplomat with a military past. They married in 1874. Two years later, who's marrying her? Wow. I mean, she's, <laughs> she's. I mean, good for her. Uh, Reginald Kane, a celebrated railroad baron, gambler, and world-renowned gourmand. I love that they have this much backstory for her. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Married in 1875, one year later. And then finally. And this is the new backstory? Because <laughs> they just updated it this year. Finally, George Hightower, uh, a possible relative of the wealthy hotel owner explorer Harrison Hightower III, they got married in 1877. And that was her final husband, who was one of the main, who was one of the many owners of the mansion. So after murder. After murdering Hightower, Constance decides that she was satisfied with the wealth she has accumulated and settled down in her mansion. She later died of unknown causes, uh, but people think it's old age. And then she became a a permanent resident of the mansion's attic, standing up there. Is she also the one that says... um, Come back. Hurry back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, well, also, speaking of the Hightower family, so you know how, like, uh, Orlando and Anaheim's uh, Haunted Mansion is, like, funny, spooky. France's is, like, terrifying. 
Hong Kong Disneyland has a um, haunted mansion that is not actually haunted. It's called Mystic Manor, and it's owned by, I believe, Henry Hightower, who you mentioned as Mm -hmm. like the relative of the Hightower that got beheaded, probably. (laughs) Um, He has this house and a pet monkey uh, who gets into his artifact room, and he's like a collector of like crazy artifacts, like Indiana Jones style things. And the monkey gets into this box that basically unleashes um, some powers that make the house really sentient. So like you follow the monkey on like a whimsical adventure through the halls of this mansion, and like uh, certain things that are haunted mansion like happen to like a. a uh, the armor of a soldier comes to life. Mm-hmm. A room completely morphs into a fantastical landscape, but it's like a cute little adventure and not scary at all. Uh, and then we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the Haunted Mansion 2003 oh, American don't. Supernatural <laughs> horror comedy Do we film. Have to, Ify, please take it away. Do we have to talk about this film? Okay. <clears throat> My throat, my throat closed up because didn't even <laughs> want to talk about it. Haunted Mansion is a is a 2003 American supernatural horror comedy film based on the Disney theme park attraction of the same name, directed by Rob Minkoff. The film is written by David uh, Barenbaum and stars Eddie Murphy, Terrence Stamp, Nathaniel Parker, Marsha Thomason, Jennifer Tilly, and Dina Spybay. Film was theatrically released in the United States on November 26th of 2003. Some would say almost 26 days too late, <laughs> and is Disney's fifth film based on an attraction at one of its theme parks. The following film, uh, the following the television film Tower of Terror, Mission to Mars, The Country Bears, and The Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of the Black Pearl. The film grossed 108, uh, 182.3 million worldwide on a 90 million budget. Uh, which means it was a success, but it received negative reviews from critics, citing a lack of scares and humor. Yeah, like it was like, uh, which is, which, you know, as someone who has seen it on TV, you know, yeah, you weren't sure if that movie was going to be scary or funny. And then uh, it it was neither. Uh, That was the thing, because I was so excited after seeing Pirates of the Caribbean and the Curse of of the Black Pearl. The Best sequence in that film to me is that moment where Elizabeth Swan realizes that the pirate ship she's on is filled with ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like uh, the whole uh, your nightmares, Miss Turner, your living one scene yeah. uh, with Jeffrey Rush, who just nailed yeah. living one. Your living one. <laughs> yes. Um, like that was like hilarious and terrifying mm-hmm. and so i thought that was the tone that we were gonna totally, get yeah. for yeah. the haunted mansion movie and was gosh so it was so different they both came out in the same year yeah and they could not be more different well, with their success well it's funny because they took two different approaches where pirates of the caribbean took the theme of the ride and made its own story this film very obviously tried to make a story out of different points of the ride which it's if you've been listening to the podcast up until this point is just a hodgepodge right. bunch of stories, so you mm-hmm. can't make one cohesive story out of it. Like I remember they tried they they had the scene with the floating like head in the like it was like n- no n- no no <laughs> like you you, you should have did the Pirates of the Caribbean thing, which is just uh, using those themes, and then you could have different nods to the stuff in the ride, but creating its own story, uh, mostly because and it's and I don't think it's I don't necessarily think it 
the fault of anyone when you really think of like a big, big budget movie like this and the fact that it's connected to a ride. I can imagine like, you know, probably dealing with the studios being like, but this isn't like the ride. But I think, uh, you know, it seems like it's rumored that we're going to get another uh, shot at this. I hope so. And I think. There have been so many attempts. Yeah. Well, that was supposed to be Guillermo del Toro's, uh, Mm -hmm. what ended up being, um, what am I thinking of? The Peak? Crimson Peak? Crimson Peak. Which, by the way, if you watch, I literally was like, oh, this is the Haunted Mansion. Like, you could tell. This is the version he cannot get away with. Well, no, but like the the scenery, the Mm -hmm. decoration, like the wallpaper, like everything. I was like, oh, this this movie started out like they were trying to film the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And then, you know, whatever fell through there, I don't know, fell through there, um, which was fascinating because Crimson Peak, he kept trying to tell people this is not a horror story. This is a love story. And I think it was, um, I think it was, marketed not his fault but that's typically what they do is they'll market those stories as like scary and you just kept trying to tell people this isn't scary this is like a love story which fascinating enough i think they could have done with the haunted mansion uh is have like this you know jilted lover or type mm-hmm. of haunted love story background uh of why the person doesn't leave and yeah so maybe we'll get it again. I hope so. I think I honestly think that like with shows that are really popular right now, if you think about Haunting on Hill House or if you think about mm-hmm. Stranger Things or Downton Abbey, even um, if you have it as like a series on Disney Plus that is literally, you know, like aesthetically and creepily like Haunting of Hill House, but, you know, with the scare factor of maybe Stranger Things, you know, to still right. appeal to everyone. I think that you could get away with creating different seasons in an anthology form where people can bring their own creative ideas and storytelling points of view into it, but also sprinkle in, sprinkle in all like the little crazy nods that people want to see. And uh, going back to the Guillermo del Toro thing. So before he did Crimson Peak and he did that like uh, announcement at Comic-Con where he revealed the Hatbox Ghost uh, key art. That was actually uh, something that Tony Baxter, one of the Imagineers, like hailed as like a big moment for Imagineering that made everyone kind of work on the Hatbox Ghost that was put in the ride around that time. Yeah, because he was gone. He was gone for like 45 years. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I remember him. Maybe just an art, I guess. Yeah. Um, one thing that we didn't mention was that the design was actually inspired by a real house. It's called the Shipley Lydecker House. It's in Baltimore, and it was demolished in 1967, uh, but not before Ken Anderson, who is one of the Imagineers, saw an image of it in a book called Decorative Art of Victoria's Era and loved the design. Um, let me see if we can pull this up and see how close it is. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Look at this iffy. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. That's not inspired. That is literally that yeah, is literally the house. <laughs> Super cool. We'll have to link that uh, and tweet that out for you all to see. Here's a little known fact: there was almost a water ride version of it. Wow. Uh, Claude Coates, who again was one of the Imagineers, thought of it as possibly a boat ride. Now I think that they vetoed that due to uh, pirates being mm-hmm. right there. But that's actually really creepy. I could see that. You know, it's still in New Orleans, like being in a swamp kind of territory. Um, that would have been kind of tight. Yes. Yeah, so- one of the ideas with like the Museum of the Weird thing is to like literally going uh, with the line of uh, you're left to find a way out. Um, 
they had originally planned, like, and even in the construction of it itself now, like, um, so the graveyard area um, to the, if you're like, so between Splash Mountain and the mansion uh, where you exit, that was going to be its own area with like two different exits and you had to like find your way out literally through a labyrinth. And then the other side also had that originally. So if you look down at where all of like the mausoleum sort of places are, there are like different doors there that uh, were supposed to be a part of that as well. Yeah. So while abandoned, they're not quite completely abandoned. Yeah. This is just some more cool facts. The original organ in that you hear for the grim grinning ghost tune was actually in the 1954 film adaptation of 20,000 leagues under the sea. Whoa. Uh, a few of the parts, including oh. the headboard were swapped mm-hmm. out, but the body of the organ is the same. Um, yeah. Um, gosh, there's some nerdy Disney things about uh, different tunes. Like I think one of the rumors was that the Space Mountain theme is the Haunted Mansion theme sped up. What? Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't think that I think Wait. that might have been uh disproven. But there's like little <laughs> stuff like like that I that I just totally forgot. Oh, I did want to bring up a little bit about like awesome imagineering history. Yeah, um, please. There, you know, we, we hear about like the general players of like the Bob Kerr mm-hmm. and, you know, the Claude and stuff, but um Recently, one of the female Imagineers who worked on the ride started started to do more appearances at things. Her name is uh, Tanya Morris, and she was the interior designer for the ride. Uh, she had literally come to America and gotten work, you know, in uh, antiquing and stuff like that. And, like, the Disney family, like, um, hired her to basically create the interiors for New Orleans Square, for the Haunted Mansion, and Club 33. And she was involved, you know, like in those early days of the early 60s when they were doing a lot of extensive research, you know, because they had that announcement of the Haunted Mansion, like on the Wonderful World of Walt Disney, you know, the show. And then took like basically 10 years for it to happen. Um, But in those research trips, like uh, Walt would take her and the rest of the team to New Orleans and they would literally just um, visit like every little store, look at little nooks and crannies, buy, like she was like, I was paid to like literally grab junk that I can put in the attic. And um, back then, like people didn't put their name on things. Like whenever they'd like collaborate on it she was like i did doodles of the wallpaper and when i did doodles of the wallpaper it was the same color and everything but instead of little owls it was little bats yeah and like that's like i want to see that design i also want that design for my wallpaper (laughs) so uh yeah no and like and what was someone who you know like whenever he'd go on trips with people if he knew that you came from like a background where you didn't have like that much opportunity and stuff like he would help you like kind of get to know a space. Like she said that like every day they'd go to a different restaurant and like they'd try different foods and then they would go work on the World's Fair stuff at the same time and go to like New York. And if he knew that you'd never seen New York, he'd have the driver take different paths to wherever you were going. Oh, wow. Yeah, like it, it was it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, and uh, something, because we keep talking about the Imagineers and, you know, Danny said, you know, 
a light kind of don't on them. But yeah, Imagineers are basically all the engineers of not only just like the rides themselves and the way they work, but like the kind of the atmosphere and the theme of different parts of the parks. And it's like, it's, it's a very esteemed position. There's, you know, without trying to blow up in any, uh, uh, anyone's spot, uh, a large media company I worked for had a, someone who was an imagine who was an Imagineer, and they weren't even able to say that they wasn't that they were an Imagineer Ooh. for the video because it's that like like that kind of esteem where it's like you have to earn. I think you kind of have to earn the right to say that you were one. You know, so that was really cool. You know. Um, and then uh, Club 33 we talked about, but I definitely have to, we have to sidebar. Club 33 is a super exclusive club. Have you been? Uh, I have not been. Uh, there, I, I used to be like when I was real uh, in the Disney life, there's a whole, I forget the name of the website, but you know that one where they, it used to like, it's before the app came out and you used to get all the wait times mm-hmm. from that website. And then they would raffle off people, members of Club 33 would raffle off a chance to oh go to Club 33 with them um but club 33 uh used to be the only place in disneyland where you can drink alcohol it was an exclusive club uh a hidden club in the uh new orleans square it has a 33 on the wall you like use a special card to get in and it's a last time i checked a 30 year long waiting list it's like uh like almost 10 racks to be (laughs) to even get in there and yeah, you can, it, and they can give it to, they can bring anyone they want there, but to get, to be a card carrying member of club 33, uh, you, you gotta know people and it's still hard. Um, you know, <laughs> it's crazy. or be an ABC star. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or, even then I I'm mean, pretty sure they get family. invited yeah. <laughs> to like I mean, go. Yeah, cause, well. cause I, I know certain, uh, uh, large celebs who weren't able to get in really was real mad about yeah. yeah i knew uh my friend was really good friends with um sarah highland uh, so and vanessa hudgens so yeah. they like all oh, went yeah. together you know oh, yeah. if, you're you're disney, that, if you're a disney you're, yeah, if yeah, you're a disney star yeah they'll disney invite star, you. you i don't know if they necessarily give them give the membership card, yeah, huh? yeah but they can go anytime they can go anytime pretty much yeah yeah <laughs> still my goal is club 33 by age 33 oh you haven't been yet i have not been yet oh i mean like it's it's the weird thing of like knowing, mm-hmm. but like I know of a because because every time I know it's, it's because someone for their birthday knew who yeah. to ask, and so you have to ask that person right. and then that person. So I'll I'll uh, get I I think I have a few people I can ask to like get you close to that. Ooh. <laughs> Let's go, Danny. Let's go, Ify. <laughs> we we have to take another really quick break. We're gonna hop back into more of the haunted mansion right after this. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. iHeart Podcast Awards 2023 Podcast of the Year, Las Culturistas, with SNL's Bowen Yang and comedian Matt Rogers. There's stuff happening in 2024 that we really need to address. Pop culture and huge guests like the latest episode with Dua Lipa. The more I think about it, the more scared and nervous I get. Listen to the newest episode of Las Culturistas with Dua Lipa and all episodes on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Las Culturistas to start listening. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 
16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame starting May 7th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. I did want to... Uh, so we touched on the ghosts in the ballroom scene, but it's actually created using an illusion called Pepper's Ghost. Pepper's Ghost. It's named for scientists. Well, actually, do you want to go over it? Do you have it? I do not. Okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> I told um, you, I don't watch the videos. I don't know the trick no, it's okay. or how so it works. It's named for scientist John Henry Pepper. The illusion actually uses mirrors and mm-hmm. lights to create a ghostly visual effect. So as visitors pass la, 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 through la, la, the la, ballroom la. scene, they're actually looking through a large, you're actually looking through a large pane of glass. No, Danny, don't reflections. It. Why? Just no. I'm trying to tell people how cool this is. <laughs> it is really amazing. So, yeah, and then uh, there's also the cemetery we talked about. There's a pet cemetery. Yeah, in the pet cemetery, you can find a very famous toad who has a wild ride. The thing about that ride, Iffy, is... Is that you die and go to hell? It's it's wild that nobody <laughs> that people have complained about so many things, but not that. <laughs> yeah, like that's the end of the ride. You drunk drive, you die, you go to hell, and then game you come over. out, and then you just that, come out on the yeah, other end, that, and that's it. The, it is the wildest thing that yeah, you're right. No one has complained about it, and it's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's jarring. Yeah, that's what makes it such a good ride, too. It's like yeah, actions have consequences. The end. Bye. The end. Don't drink and drive. <laughs> Bye. Oh. Yeah, and that, and they've never updated it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's a solid one. Peter Pan's really good too. Um, just that one part of the ride where you're flying over London yes. looks so good. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing where it's like as much as they try and add new stuff, nothing's gonna beat the innovation of like that old school technology of basically building these dioramas. Like even when they made Little Mermaid, that was another ride I got to cast member. Uh, trial first that one was cool because you can tell they were trying to do the same thing but it just it doesn't hit the same because because there's a lot of things they have the technology to do now that they're just going to lean on versus just the because like that probably took a lot of effort like to sit there and paint all of those tiny little london houses no one wants to do that anymore yeah but it just really does look so much better for sure Oh my gosh, I remember the Little Mermaid ride when it opened, how Ariel had the swirly cone ice cream hair. Do you remember that? It was oh, just yeah. like going up. Oh, oh my yeah. Gosh. 
Because they're trying to like imitate the water <laughs> swirling. Yeah. It's like, we are not in water. <laughs> I forgot to mention that one of the bus, who's Thurl Raven. Raven's crop? Yeah, he also did the, he's the voice of Tony the Tiger. He does the, they're great. And he also sang, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You could definitely hear that mm-hmm. uh, deep voice and how the Grinch stole Christmas. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. <laughs> and of course, we can't leave out our wonderful friends that we take along with us at the end of the ride. It is the Hitchhiking Ghosts. So that's also used. It's pretty fascinating if you mm-hmm. haven't been on the ride because you get assigned a ghost uh, that sits in the middle of your doom buggy, and then he follows you in each of the different mirrors. So that's cool to me. Uh, that's again using Pepper's ghost illusion, or it's a real ghost in Sabina's mind. It is a real ghost. Uh, although actually in Orlando, they now have that sort of digitally. So now the ghosts that appear, you see them like appear like in the the mirrors, and it's animated, and they like jump Don't around. We have, I feel like we. Oh, do we not have that? No. I, I Orlando has awesome stuff. <laughs> Orlando also has so the tombstones were updated mm-hmm. to reflect the Imagineers. So a lot of them are are um paying homage to them. They also have like uh during their uh Mickey's not so scary Halloween party, a parade that features um it it features <laughs> it, uh, it features the hitchhiking ghosts and it features most recently Constance Hatchaway. She's on this like wicked crazy like vehicle dress it kind of spins and it like goes quickly um and there's also like grave diggers that like light sparks uh on the ground i call them my children <laughs> because they have like a resting vampire face but also they have my husband's gray hair so every time we go we take pictures with them and it's like my children i'm so proud so cute. um and they the really cool thing I love about Orlando's is that during Halloween time, they have improvers outside of the mansion who are ghost characters and they'll interact with the crowds uh, during the Halloween party nights. And they have really great set pieces and they create like their own backstories like on the fly. There's Carlotta and her servant to broom. He's like this dead faced sort of like um, uh what was the uh, Adams family? Uh, Lurch. Lurch? Lurch was the uh, mm-hmm. servant, right? Yeah. So something similar to that, but more of a speaking role. But yeah. Yeah, there's so much. I'm sure that there's some ghosts that we probably left out. I mean, we definitely are at least 950. Yeah, short. I was going to say there's 900. <laughs> we left 900. out 150 of them. But, you know, uh, those ones are the ones inside your heart. Where wow. can people find you, Sabina? <laughs> People can find me at Disneyland all the time. We're there a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we are. We are totally there a lot. Um, Sabine and I went the day before Valentine's ooh. together, and it was raining, and I was like, "Perfect." We like we like oh, yeah. per- walked on. We yeah, we yeah. like specifically went when it rained. A good rainy day, like that's the thing. You just get yourself an umbrella. You're gonna have the best time at Disneyland on a rainy day. Yeah, speaking of being at Disneyland all the time and going to Orlando, uh, my husband and I were inspired by our last uh, trip there, which we went during Halloween, that we started a a theme park vlog uh, called Park Goer. And you can find that on YouTube on the Pop Culture Geek channel. Yeah. So, yeah, subscribe to that channel. Uh, Yeah, Pop Culture Geek. And you can also find me on Instagram at That Lady Graves. Hurry back. Hurry back. Hurry back. Yeah, that one, like, at first I, that used to be scary. And then I was like, ooh, she kind of hot up there. <laughs> be sure to bring your death, death. 
certificate. Yeah, yeah. She she spent a little too long on that D sound. I'm she like, would, I'm wow. Like, hey, right, no, this is a, this <laughs> is a, this is a podcast for everybody. If up. yes, man. Never, look, I mean, Hatbox. Yeah. He's cute. <laughs> yeah, if you can make that head appear and, and reappear, cute. interesting places. Look, this really took a turn. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at Ifywadiway on Twitter and Instagram. If D's on Twitch, uh, you know, you know what I always say. Come through, drop that Twitch Prime sub. If you have Amazon Prime, guess what? You have a Twitch Prime account. You just need to create a Twitch account, connect it to your Amazon account, and you can give me a free sub every month. I'd love your support, and you can just sit around and chat with me. Uh, lots of times, folks will come in, and you know, we'll, we'll extend the conversation on there, or you can extend the conversation in the Discord. That's at Discord.gg/saltsquad. We have a whole nerdificent section. Fleckery is always dropping the footnotes down, and Draco's always saying some ridiculous bad take uh, that causes an argument with everyone in the Discord. So, uh, you know, if you like arguing, <laughs> go go find Draco in there <laughs> and uh, and then tell him how he's wilding. I'm at Ms. Danny Fernandez. I'm at New York Comic Con this weekend. Uh, I have panels on Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. Super cool. Um, I will also be at New York Comedy Club Thursday night at 10.15 with my friend Mark Ellis. Uh, But yeah, uh, dope panels. Come out and see them. And then again, if you love the Disney princesses, my panel on Sunday is with uh, a couple of them. It's going to be really cool. I kind of want to ask them to sing. I don't know if I'm allowed to. I'll have that figured out by now. Uh, And like we always say, stay nerdy. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. iHeart Podcast Awards 2023 Podcast of the Year Las Culturistas with SNL's Bowen Yang and comedian Matt Rogers. There's stuff happening in 2024 that we really need to address. Pop culture and huge guests like the latest episode with Dua Lipa. The more I think about it, the more scared and nervous I get. Listen to the newest episode of Las Culturistas with Dua Lipa and all episodes on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Las Culturistas to start listening. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame starting May 7th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.